the beginning of the end? I don't know. But the petrodollar is not looking that good right now. Here's a, a, a breaking news. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Look at what the headline says. The headline reads, Saudi Arabia considers accepting yuan, yuan, the Chinese yuan, instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. Talks between Riyadh and Beijing have accelerated as the Saudi unhappiness grows with Washington. So this is, this is extraordinary. This is very significant. And again, for some of you, this might be very obvious why this matters. And of course, this is, this is related to Ukraine. But I'm going to explain it anyway. I'm going to lay down the basics so there's no illusions as to what's going on. So at the end of World War II, towards the end of World War II, there was a, there was a meeting famously known as Bretton Woods, right? And they, they decided on, on, on creating uh, the IMF. And more importantly, they, they pegged the U.S. dollar to the gold standard, right? So the U.S. dollar became uh, the most important currency on the planet, right? It increased U.S. hegemony and monetary hegemony, established U.S. monetary hegemony, because right now, today, in 2022, about 50% of all transactions on, in, in the globe are conducted in U.S. dollars. And of course, that lasted for a couple of decades, Bretton Woods. And then in the 70s, Nixon, the former U.S. president, he, he took the, the U.S. dollar off the gold standard, and then he made a deal with the Saudis, uh, and uh, he created de-, de facto what is known as the petrodollar, okay? W- what does that mean? It means the U.S. dollar would be backed by oil, by Saudi Arabian oil. So the Saudis, who, have, you know, who are the, the, the world's largest oil exporter at the time, and now they're second behind the U.S., uh, although I should say producer because the U.S. is not a net exporter. But in any case, Saudi Arabia, being a major oil exporter— the f- uh, would, would, would only sell oil in U.S. dollars. So the fact that you could only buy oil in U.S. dollars just gave the U.S. dollar that value, right? And so based off of that, the United States has accumulated outrageous debt, right? Because they say, we're good for it. We're good for it. Look, we're, we're, we're the United States. We got dollars, baby. And it's backed by oil. And before it was backed by gold, right? But now it's oil, black gold. And so... This is a big shock because the deal was the Saudis only sell oil in U.S. dollars and in exchange, the U.S. will provide security for them. Security, right? That includes, of course, weapon sales to murder people in Yemen. But let's not go too much into the details. So this report is quite shocking because um, right now the, the price of oil has shot up. Uh, I think just the other day it was $135 a barrel. And of course, this is the highest it's been since July 2008, which is outrageous. That was during the crash. So the, the, the price of oil is very high right now. And why is it high? It's because Ukraine, uh, the, the war in Ukraine has led the United States to sanction Russian energy. So the United States, which receives about 3% of its uh, oil imports from Russia, has you know, forsworn importing uh, anything from Russia. And of course, in, in, in Europe, at the same time, we saw how, how Biden was standing next to Olaf Scholz, the German chancellor, and they got Nord Stream 2 canceled. X. So now there's a, there's a crisis because, I mean, let's be honest with each other, the price of oil was already going up, right? This, this predates the war in Ukraine, and a lot of people seem to forget that. But of course, this made it worse. We can't deny that. We looked at the graphs together. I mean, you know, the, 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 the fuel crisis, the energy crisis that was already there during the last months is one thing. But this, of course, when you start sanctioning a major oil exporter like Russia and uh, um, 
you know, obviously you're going to start playing with prices there, especially when the U.S. is doing it. It's not, you know, Mongolia or Syria that's doing it. <laughs> uh, although I think that's a bit unfair to compare Syria's geopolitical stature to Mongolia. But you get, you get, my, you get the idea. The U.S. is the world's hegemon. So when the U.S. does that, it causes uh, reverberations. It causes shocks uh, in the world economy and the price of oil. And so let's go back to this article from the Wall Street Journal. Let me walk you through it and explain why this is so huge. Okay? So... Saudi Arabia is in active talks with Beijing to price some of its oil sales to China in Yuan. People familiar with the matter said a move that would dent the U.S. dollar's dominance of the global petroleum market and mark another shift by the world's top crude exporter toward Asia. The talks with China over Yuan-priced oil contracts have been off and on for six years, but have accelerated this year as the Saudis have grown increasingly uh, unhappy with decades-old U.S. security commitments to defend the kingdom. This part is hilarious. Look, the Saudis are angry over the U.S. lack of support for their intervention in the Yemen civil war. Do I need to remind you that a lot of the people who are currently in the Biden administration also worked under the Obama administration when the war against Yemen started? It's not a civil war. It's a war against Yemen with a, you know, a, a, a government in, in, in Aden, which is it's just not recognized by the people. Right. So so Saudi Arabia wants that government to uh, to be in power. And of course, uh, uh, that's the pretext that they used to crush the Yemenis. And they've done that until now with whose weapons? Uncle Sam's weapons. So the idea that U.S. hasn't supported them is, is I mean, it's a kind of a joke. They obviously they just want more blood <laughs> and they're losing the war, as we've looked at separately on the channel. Again, I cover Yemen extensively and I have a, an investigative piece coming out very soon. So uh, uh, they just want more blood and they, they're, ang they're, they're angry that the U.S. isn't doing more to help them win the war because they're losing now. And of course, the idea that they're um, angry over the nuclear... Uh, sorry, the nuclear deal. You might be wondering, well, hold on a second. The Iran nuclear deal is the only thing stopping Iran from building a nuclear weapon. Why would anyone be against it? Why would the Israelis and the Saudis oppose that? Well, let me explain that to you, because number one, Iran is not building a nuclear weapon anyway. They, it's not about that. They, they, want, they, do, they don't want the nuclear deal, because if the nuclear deal is implemented, like the U.S. Uh, joins again, and lift sanctions, then Iran can sell its oil on the global market. They don't want, oil to, uh, they, they don't want uh, Iran to be selling oil and they don't want Iran participating in global trade. They want to keep Iran as a pariah. They want to keep Iran isolated. So that's why they oppose the nuclear deal. Do you understand? It's nothing to do with nuclear weapons. Stop being a five-year-old. So going back to the article, China buys more than 25% of their oil uh, uh, from... So sorry. So China buys more than 25% of the oil that Saudi Arabia exports. So I pulled up a chart here just so you can get an idea uh, of where the, uh, the, the Saudi oil goes, right? So look at this. This is... This is from the U.S. government. This is, these are the figures from 2020. You can see where Saudi Arabia's oil goes. 26% of that, the, lar the largest chunk, goes to China, right? 15% to Japan and so on. And so um, uh, that is, of course, a very significant chunk. And then China gets its another 25% from Iran. Now, I, I posted this, this, um, this thread on, on Twitter because you guys need to understand that what's happening right now this isn't just like, oh, yeah, the, the, the Chinese are just going to pay for the, the, the oil um, in, in a different currency. What's so, what, you know, what's so special about that? It's very, very special because this is breaking a decades-old um, uh, arrangement. You know, it's, it's also uh, contesting and chipping away 
at U.S. monetary hegemony. This is very big because the United States thought, yeah, we'll just sanction the Russians and we're going to crap all over them and we're going to pull the plug on um, on their whole gig because, you know, they, they, the Russians make lots of money from oil is one of their top exports. Yeah, but Europe is still importing oil. And uh, as a matter of fact, you know, they keep insisting the international community is, is standing against Russia. No, they're not. Uh, India, Pakistan, China, which are Russia's neighbors, they're in Russia's vicinity. Dude, that's 40%, 40% of the world population. That's 1.3 billion, around, sorry, about, around 3.1 billion people, right? That, that's 40% of the world's population. They don't stand against Russia. They're buying Russian oil and they're buying Russian wheat. The day of the offensive, the day that Putin goes into Ukraine, Pakistan, their prime minister, Imran Khan, visited Putin. He didn't just buy stuff. He went and visited him and he bought 2 million tons of wheat, which is another big Russian export, and gas. Okay? And so the idea that you can isolate Russia and you can cut off imports, uh, uh, sorry, their exports and, and their, their revenue, it's not working, obviously. And I mentioned, too, there's also the power of Siberia, too, which is an, um, a, a pipeline that they could also turn to, which would export the same amount as Nord Stream 2. Just last month in February, the Russians signed a gas deal, 30-year gas deal with the Chinese that settled in euros. And so uh, the idea that the U.S. is going to slap Russia with sanctions and punish them is backfiring. It's backfiring. We all knew it's a question of time before. You know, it's just a natural order of things. Every empire goes up and then it goes down. And so it was just a question of time before the U.S. empire sees its decline. But they've actually sped it up. And so people think the war is happening in Ukraine. The, the real war is not in Ukraine, right? You're seeing a global realignment, a sanctions war, a bigger war. There's, there's a realignment happening right now. And that is the real story. Again, I'm not trying to minimize the war in Ukraine, obviously, but I'm speaking figuratively, right? Figuratively speaking, the real war is happening outside of Ukraine, and Ukraine is the catalyst for the, 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 uh, the decline of the U.S. empire. It's speeding it up. And so right now, instead of China, Pakistan, India, uh, and all these other countries getting on board with the U.S. and trying to isolate Russia, they're actually taking a second look, right? And they're thinking, you know what? We're not going to go along with what the U.S. is saying. We're going to keep Russia as a partner. Russia is the future. Eurasia is the future. China and the Belgian Road Initiative are the future. The Global South is the future. And people just don't want to get this. They think this is a joke. Oh, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. And um, the fact that Saudi Arabia is, is even considering, is even contemplating... Uh, settling oil sales to the Chinese in Yuan. I mean, that, that is incredible. That is incredible. And now, of course, people will say, yeah, but they threatened that in the past, and then it's just a, it's just a tactic that they use to drive up the price and so on. Okay, okay, but if, if it's not the only sign. I've pointed to many other things uh, uh, which show you that this is not just a question of Saudi Arabia and China. It's many countries that refuse to get on board, and uh, this, is, this is very significant. This is very significant. I want to show you, I want to just continue the article, show you a bit more from here, right? So uh, just to give you an idea of how this works. So they say in the Wall Street Journal, it would be a profound shift for Saudi Arabia to price even some of its roughly 6.2 million barrels of day of crude exports in anything other than dollars. The majority of global oil sales, so around 80% of global oil sales are done in U.S. dollars. And the Saudis have traded oil exclusively in dollars since 1974 in a deal with the Nixon administration that included security guarantees for the kingdom. 
China introduced yuan price oil contracts in 2018 as part of its efforts to make its currency tradable across the world. But they haven't made a dent in the dollar's dominance of the oil market. For China, using dollars has become a hazard highlighted by U.S. sanctions on Iran over its nuclear program and on Russia in response to the Ukraine invasion. Right. So th- this is also one of the other reasons, because um, China has significant ties with Russia and Iran. And the U.S. dollar is a big problem now because uh, uh, two of their closest allies, Iran and China, uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, Iran and Russia, uh, you know, they're under U.S. sanctions. And the way sanctions works is, for example, if if uh, if you are sanctioned, anyone who deals with you will also get punished. That's how it works. It's a domino effect. So that's their point here. They say China has stepped up its courtship of the Saudi kingdom. In recent years, China has helped Saudi Arabia build its own ballistic missiles. That's very big. Consulted on a nuclear program and begun investing in Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's pet projects such as Neon, which is a futuristic city. And so... They, call, they talk about here how the Saudi relationship with the U.S. has deteriorated. Uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince, he refused to pick up the phone and speak to Biden. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Have you ever heard of such a thing? That is really significant. I'm telling you, man. If you're a client state of the U.S., <laughs> you know, your poodle doesn't pick up the phone. Oh, this is a problem, man. This is a big problem. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay. And it's not just him. It's the Emiratis as well. They didn't want to pick up the phone. Ay, 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 ay. And I got to tell you something else. Right now, I'm putting this into context again for you because people don't see the bigger picture. Right now, the Iran nuclear deal was days away from being finalized and brought back to life and the U.S. getting back in the Iran nuclear deal and lifting the sanctions on Iran. It was days away from being finished. And the Russians, they stepped in and they're like, nope, we're not doing this until you give us a written guarantee that Iran is not going to be punished for dealing with us, the, us meaning the Russians, uh, as you're sanctioning Russia over Ukraine, right? Because like I told you, sanctions work like dominoes. And, and so they just threw this random idea in. And, you know, what does that achieve? That means that Iranian oil is still not back on the global market. They still have to sell it black. They have to sell it on the black market. And the price of oil stays up. Okay, And then another thing, Venezuela. Venezuela has has the biggest uh, oil reserves on the planet. The biggest. More than Saudi Arabia. But they can't bring it on the global market because of U.S. sanctions. And so now the Biden administration is going to Venezuela like doggies. (laughs) They're kissing Maduro's ass. For years they've been saying, this guy's not the president. Guaido is the president. As a matter of fact, they're still saying that, which is absurd. Just the other day, Ned Price the State Department spokesperson, he's still insisting Guaido's the president. Like, these guys, they're such clowns. But they still, they don't speak to Guaido, of course, because he's not in charge, right? He's a puppet. They go to the real Don. They go to the Padre. They go to the big guy who's in charge, and that is Maduro. He's the, the president, that's why. And so they have talking to him to get Venezuelan oil. So they're begging the Saudis to produce more oil. They're begging the Emiratis to produce more oil. The U.S. is begging Maduro to bring back his oil. They, they're begging for the Iran nuclear deal to be revived all of a sudden. Why? All because they wanted to sanction Russia and they've sent the price of oil even higher than it already was during the last months. Wow. Well done. And so the response to that hasn't been, okay, let's all jump behind the U.S. and support the U.S. position. The response from that has been, you guys are actually idiots. I, we've, we're going to continue trading with Russia. And we're not going to treat Russia as a pariah. And just to further prove my point, do you know what India did? 
in the last 24 hours just bought 3 million barrels from who? Who do you think they bought the oil from? From Russia. Indian Oil Corporation buys 3 million barrels of Russian crude oil at a discount. At a discount of 20 to 25%. And here's the sweetest part. <laughs> the payment is in rupees. <laughs> it's in rupees. It's not even dollars. It's rupees. Oh, my God. You love to see it, man. If I'm in the treasury right now, if I'm in the U.S. treasury, I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting. I'm leaving to the next planet. I'm, I'm jumping ship. This is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Like, th this is the stuff that, you, you know, you wouldn't even dream of, like, a year ago. Unheard of. Like, what are you talking about? You're going to buy oil in rupees? What? Or, or Chinese one? Who does that? Oh, it's happening, baby. It's happening right now. Look. <laughs> look. Look and enjoy it. <laughs> This is the fall of the U.S. empire, man. And I'm telling you, it, ma it might not be that fast, but this is pretty fast. And it's definitely been accelerated by these sanctions against Russia. They've backfired. This is what I was talking about when they're shooting themselves in the foot. You love to see it, man. Again, doesn't mean Russia is perfect and, and we like what Russia is doing. But the bully is getting taught a lesson. You know, is being given a taste of their own medicine. The bully on the block. Do you understand? <laughs> this is just, this is really, honestly, it's funny. It's so funny. It's really funny. Wow. At a discount. So again, right now, the price of, uh, of crude, the last I checked a few hours ago, was about 110 or or $100 a barrel. And so if you're doing a 20% discount, you know, that brings it down or 25%. It could be around, you know, $70 a barrel. That's very good. That brings it back around to the price that it was a few months ago, Right. Not bad. A discount. So not only are the Indians getting that oil, they're getting it even cheaper. And, and people think that they can just, you know, uh, um, get uh, uh, Russia's neighbors to abandon a strong neighbor and, and trading partner. You're sorely mistaken. And you see tweets like this from these obnoxious liberals. I don't even know who the hell this person is, but it's your typical blue check mark. And they say, quote, if India buys Russian crude oil... India should expect to be sanctioned by the United States. And believe me, that won't work out so well for India's economy. Right now, you're either with us or you're against us. Simple. Well, guess what? They ain't with you. <laughs> I think that was pretty clear. India is not with you. Nope. They just bought 3 million barrels. And the other day at the United Nations, when they had a, in the General Assembly, they had a resolution to condemn Russia. What happened? In Iran, Iraq, South Africa, China, uh, Pakistan, India, so, you know, half the planet, they, re they, they refused to condemn the Russians. They didn't vote yes or no, they just abstained because they know where their bread is buttered. And Turkey's the same thing. Turkey's saying we're not going to put sanctions on Russia, even though Turkey is what? What is Turkey? A NATO country, right? So that is very significant. That is very significant. Look at this headline over here. Turkey rules out sanctioning Russia, citing risk to economy. Exactly. Because they're not stupid. They get a large chunk uh, uh, of their gas from Russia. And they know that sanctioning, uh, sanctioning Russia is a death sentence. That's, that's what an idiot would do. That's why the Europeans have, have uh, refrained from really banning oil and, and gas from the Russians. Because 
If Europe does that, Europe's going to freeze. The Americans can afford to do that because they're getting their oil from, uh, um, well, I mean, they're getting 3% from Russia, but they're getting another chunk of it. They're getting from who? Saudi Arabia, of course. And this is why the United States is not, is not an exporter of oil, even though it's the top producer, because the United States consumes so much oil, even though it produces more than anyone else, it still needs to import to, just to keep up. And the way the, the market works... Uh, by by attacking Russian crude and gas, you've sent the prices up. And uh, uh, again, look at this chart. This is again it's a few years old. So and consider again that that um, uh, uh, this is 2017, but it was before Trump, uh, you know, put sanctions back on Iran. So you can see where does Iran send its oil? Again, a quarter of that, a good chunk of it, is to China and India. So, you know, you have these countries from the global south who have had enough of being uh, crapped all over. You can't sanction everybody because there's a point, you reach a point where it starts backfiring. And guess what? Uncle Sam just got there. Take a look at the speech from uh, uh, Russia's foreign minister, Lavrov. Take a look at what he says just a few days ago. My first question is the USA bans import of Russian oil and gas. What is the uh, Russian um, oil and politics oil politics with Europe. Uh, and second question is about the sanctions. How Russia is reacting to the sanctions from different companies and countries? No, I think I've already touched on this question. How are we going to get out of here? I asked my colleague, and I answered that we will solve this problem, and we will solve it so that we will never, never, будь то правительство или будь то компании, которые совсем не руководствуются интересами своего бизнеса, а стали инструментом политической агрессии. Right, so you see what he said. He said um, the solution will be to no longer depend on uh, on the Western partners. So he's talking about again the the turn to Eurasia. Uh, uh, you know, the shift towards the Global South, the shift towards the Belt and Road Initiative, the shift towards, uh, the, you know, the idea of the notion of greater Eurasia. I want to show you uh, uh, Joe Manchin, who I'm sure you've, you've heard a lot about, a U.S. senator. Let's take a look at what he has to say about all this. We have enough energy here to keep ourselves independent and be able to help backfill our, our lives who need it, our allies around the world. We should be doing everything humanly possible. And let me tell you the reason why. I will not under any way support us basically going to Venezuela or going to Iran and using their oil or taking lifting the sanctions that they can go back into the market. They're putting the dirtiest oil, they're putting more pollutants into the atmosphere, and as far as global climate, they do more harm than anybody else. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> what an absolute joke. You know, he suddenly cares about the climate. Oh, the, that Iranian oil. That Russian stuff, that no, Venezuelan stuff, now that's dirty oil. You know, it's not pure oil like the white oil that we, <laughs> or, or the one that we get from the Saudis. <laughs> that one's okay because we have an arrangement with them. That that brown oil, is okay. what the hell is he talking about? What what on earth is he talking about? What an absolute clown! Ah, uh, stay stay in your lane, man. You're not a scientist. Just stay. <laughs> oh goodness! And again, um, this idea like, oh, we're not gonna get the oil from. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't support lifting sanctions on Iran and Venezuela. You're in for a big surprise, buddy, because uh, you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. This is just blah, blah. This is just the same. Ah, oh, those, those Iranians and those goddamn Venezuelans, those communists over there. That's not going to work. You need the oil. 
you need the oil back on the market, even if you're not going to buy it. But I mean, you, 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 you'd probably be remiss if you didn't. Remember Venezuela? Who used to be one of Venezuela's top customers? Where do you think the largest chunk of oil from Venezuela used to go? Zimbabwe? Lebanon? Hmm? The United States. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the United States has sanctioned so many people now. They're like, oh, crap, we got no one left to turn to. Quick, the nuclear deal, Maduro. <laughs> oh, man, you love to see it. It's so funny. <laughs> you love to see it. Oh, goodness. So this is where we're at. This is where we're at. It, really incredible times. And uh, th this is why I'm telling you the real war is not happening in Ukraine. Ukraine is the catalyst. Uh, uh, of course, I'm speaking figuratively, right? You're witnessing a global realignment. No one is taking crap anymore from the big bully on the block. Uh, uh, India, most of its weapons come from Russia. India is going to buy that oil. Pakistan is going to buy that gas and buy that wheat. China is going to settle its, its, oil with, with, uh, its oil purchases from Saudi Arabia, not in US dollars, not in euros, in Chinese yuan. And Russia is getting paid either way. Because you think right now when the oil prices go up, <laughs> what's happening in Russia? Russia's getting paid. Russia's getting paid. And by who? By NATO countries in the EU. Because if they don't buy that, they're, they're going to freeze. So they really shot themselves in the foot. This was a complete balls up. I mean, what a bunch of morons. What idiots. They, they really, they went too far. And now they've sped up the crack uh, they, they've sped up the demise of U.S. hegemony. They've caused a crack in the empire that can never be fixed. Trust me, man. It's downhill. It's downhill from here. Trust me. It's only a question of time. It's only a question of time. And, and again, this doesn't mean that what everything, uh, you know, uh, uh, that everything that Russia is doing is great. And, you know, oh, uh, uh, the, the, the war in Ukraine, you have to support Russia. It's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with that. I, I just think for a lot of people in the global south, seeing the big bully on the block finally... Uh, facing some resistance is a welcome sight because that means a transition to a multipolar world where it's not just controlled by the U.S. The U.S. is not the only hegemon and hyperpower, but you also have China, you have Russia, and that is the balance of power. And then things perhaps, perhaps, maybe I'm a bit naive, but perhaps they can be a bit more peaceful with that balance of power. I don't know. But uh, this is this was funny. <laughs> this is funny, man. In rupees. You got to love it. You got to love it. And again, I, I find it so arrogant. You have liberals like this who dare speak like that to India. Like, who, who the fuck are you, honestly, to speak like that to uh, uh, one of the, the, the biggest countries on Earth? So you have 1.3 billion people living in India. OK, India is one of the, the, the oldest civilizations on Earth. And you little fart over here, you, you little crap stain. You're coming here to talk like that to them as if India is some kind of vassal state. Like, you better watch out if you buy that oil. We'll sanction you. I don't hear you saying the same thing to the Europeans and the NATO countries in, in Europe who are buying the oil, the same one. <laughs> the Indians are smart. They, they, they not only got what they need to fulfill their energy needs, they even got it cheaper at a discount. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. 